Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Welcome, everybody, to episode number six of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. I'm your host, Rob Fedoff. You can find me at Twitter, at P. Fidoff. Again, that's at P's and Paul, T's and Tom, H-I-T is and Tom again, O-F-F, Frank Frank. For all Notre Dame athletic updates, just go to my Twitter site. All those updates will be there. I post them as soon as I can. We did have some news on the baseball coach this week, and I'll have more on that on my next podcast because I want to focus on this subject fully for this subject matter. They hired from VCU Sean Stifler. I know, what a name for all those American Pie movie fans. He comes from VCU. I think they've been pretty successful baseball program, but I know Notre Dame lost a lot of their assistance with Link Jarrett going to Florida State last week. So again, Sean Stifler, the new baseball coach, I'll focus on that on another podcast as well as some other you know, quick tidbit Notre Dame news. So let's get to the subject matter. Not that I'm calling for Coach Bray to resign, even though I've had he's given me a lot of headaches over the years with some of his coaching decisions. I feel at times he doesn't use enough players. He uses about six to seven guys. He hasn't been the greatest recruiter, but he gets the most out of his players. His recruiting has gotten a lot better the last two years with Blake Wesley, who was a one and done, who ended up being drafted by the San Antonio Spurs last week, or actually, yeah, two weeks ago. I'm sorry. And then he's also getting J.J. Starling and McDonald's All-American. So we may have two one-and-dones back-to-back, which was unheard of for Notre Dame basketball. But again, Coach Bray, he's probably one of the most, if not the most successful Coach K assistants. He coached at Duke as an assistant from 87 to 95, as I look at my cheat sheet here. And like I said, he's probably the most successful Coach K disciple of that family tree of assistants. Uh, he was, he actually, um, a lot of people always think he succeeded Digger Phelps. It was actually Matt Doherty who had coached at one year at Notre Dame before he went to North Carolina. And that was a disaster, but he did overtake Digger in the number of wins for Notre Dame. Digger had 393. If I look at coach Bray stats, coach Bray, I said 393 was the record so far. It's sitting at 472 coach Bray is 472 to losses of 259 for 65% winning percentage. So pretty good percentage right there. But if he were to retire, because I think that I don't think he's just going to leave for another school. He's 63 years old and I'm looking, he's going to be 64 March the 22nd. So if I look at my stats here, who would we want for a head coach? When I say top three, number three, would be the least of the three I would like, even though I would love for them to be the next head coach if that was the only choice we had. But then two, and then number one is who I really want. That would be the holy grail of coaches to get. And I think he could be a candidate, but we'll see. A lot of things have to happen. So 
first name, Brent Langdon. You're like, who the hell is Brett Langdon? You know him by Buzz. So Buzz Williams, the current coach at Texas A&M, and you probably remember him from coaching at Marquette in Virginia Tech. He never actually played college basketball. He was just a student manager at Oklahoma City, Texas A&M. And he ended up sending, when he was at Oklahoma, I got to look at this because I can't remember, Oklahoma City, Texas A&M, Kingsville, that is. He just sent out around 400 letters to various coaches to ask for their advice, how to become a successful college coach. And ironically, one of the coaches that responded, and if you go to YouTube, just type in Buzz Williams, Mike Bray press conference. He goes in detail of how Mike Bray was one of the only ones who responded to him to give him advice to be a head coach at the college game. So it was just, he had the most utmost respect for coach Bray, but it's a really cool video. If you like I said, just go to YouTube and type in Mike Bray, Buzz Williams, and it will come up. So if you look at, I'm just going to look at his tournament results, Buzz Williams. And again, he gets the most, one of the reasons I want him to be the coach, my number third choice, he gets the most out of his players. However, though, He's not the greatest recruiter. And that would be one of the things I'm leery of to hire him. Again, is this just Mike Bray 2.0? But if you look at the results, again, he doesn't get big-time recruits. At Marquette, they made the tournament in 2009, the second round. Made the tournament in 2010, but they lost in the first round. They made two Sweet 16s in a row in 2011 and 2012. And then in 2013, they made it to the Elite Eight. I said one game from the final four and ironically his worst season at Marquette was 2014. They just went 17 and 15 and didn't make the tournament. So then Virginia tech hires him away from Marquette. He inherits an awful Virginia tech team. They go 11 and 22 his first season. However, in 2016 NIT second round, they make two appearances back to back in 17 and 18 in the tournament but they lose in the first round. However, he makes the Sweet 16 in 2019. I don't know if you remember, but that was the Duke team that they lost to. I think they lost, more or less, they had the last second shot, but Virginia Tech missed it. But that was the one with the Zion, Zion Williamson, that really good freshman class, probably the last great freshman class, you know, because I think there's about four or five freshmen on that team, but they were led by uh, Zion Williamson on that team. So... Again, that was a pretty good team that just beat, or almost beat Duke, I should say. So he, he's actually a Texas guy. He was born in Texas, Buzz was. And Texas A&M lured him away from Virginia Tech. And, you know, you got that oil money down there, as I, I always call it, you know, JR money. So I think some money more or less got him down to Texas A&M. And, hey, I, I don't blame him at all. But I think he, he probably wanted to challenge, too. He was inheriting not the greatest Texas A&M team. They finished 16 and 14 in 2020, but the tournament was canceled that year because of COVID. And then 2021, I just gave him a mulligan for that because so many games were canceled because of COVID or postponed. They only ended up playing 18 games and they went eight and 10. This year, they just missed the NCAA tournament. They got to the finals of the SEC tournament. Had they won that game, they would have been in the tournament. However, he went 27 and 13 and they were the NIT runners up. So. Again, no-nonsense guy, you know, busts his ass every day, you know, works hard. Nothing was ever given to this guy. Like I said before, he more or less was a manager of his college. He didn't play at all. 
and did whatever it took to get the knowledge from other coaches. And again, you talk about a guy, like I said, worked his ass off. That's what I like about him too. My only reservation is, is his recruiting because I know you say, well, he coached Jimmy Butler at Marquette. Jimmy Butler wasn't that great at Marquette like he is in the NBA right now, you know, perennial all-star. He was not heavily recruited. And Jay Crowder, the same thing. So, yeah, he's pretty much coached two NBA players. And there's some other guys you probably want to – I'm not even going to list them because Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler are the ones you know. But, again, they weren't heavily recruited. But, again, he got the most out of his players. So, Buzz Williams, currently at Texas A&M, would be my third choice. Second choice, Notre Dame, former player, graduate, former NBA player, and current coach of the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams. Another high-class individual. He was drafted in the first round by the New York Knicks in 1994, played for Notre Dame from 89 to 94. The reason why there was that extra year, he had a heart condition where he had to sit out the majority of one year, so they gave him uh, more or less like an extra redshirt year. In the pros, he was kind of more of a role player, not as dominant as he was at uh, Notre Dame. Averaged 6.3 points per game, 2.8 rebounds per game, and 1.2 assists per game. And pretty much after the NBA, because he played from 94 to 2003, he's been a journeyman assistant coach. He did coach the Pelicans for a while, had some success, but then they lost a lot of a lot of players. He ended up being fired, but then he ended up being hired in 2019 for the Phoenix Suns because a lot of the coaches around the league gave you know him a great recommendation. They hard worker, you know, student of the game, and he ended up taking the Suns last year. To and like I said, he they really they have a lot of good role players on that team. Chris Paul, he's not the Chris Paul of old. Pretty much the only I would say, and I wouldn't consider him a superstar yet, is Devin Booker, their best player. And I know they have DeAndre Ayton, but again, I wouldn't consider him a perennial all-star. He took them to the NBA Finals last year, and they were up 2-0 against Milwaukee, but ended up losing four to two. This year they lost in the Western Conference Finals. They were, despite being the number one seed, they were upset by the Dallas Mavericks. But again, I always think an NBA coach, and I do think Monty knows a lot about the game, the fundamentals. One of the few NBA coaches that know that, kind of like a you know Greg Popovich, more of a teacher. However, I think to be a great head coach in the NBA too, I mean, just as Phil Jackson, I think you just have to be a very good babysitter among, you know high ego, prima donna type players. You just got to keep everybody happy or try to keep everybody happy, but you're more or less babysitting prima donna, high ego type of guys. And with the college game somewhat changing, you know, with a lot of one and dones, I shouldn't say somewhat, it has changed. I should say Notre Dame's somewhat changing now where a lot of their kids used to be four, four-year players, five-year meaning, you know, they were redshirted. Like I said, last year with Blake Wesley being a one-and-done, this year J.J. Starling, a McDonald's All-American, will probably be a one-and-done. If they, if Monty Williams would be hired by Notre Dame, you know, he would – I don't want to call him like a babysitter, but he's kind of coaching pre-NBA players already. I mean, with Notre Dame, it's not going to be as much, but you more or less may have one to two. So I think with that NBA experience, again, he knows a lot about the game, high-class individual. He's got the Notre Dame ties. I know it was over 30 years ago. Somehow he could use that for recruiting, but that's my where I'm leery with the same thing with Buzz. Monty has never recruited at all. 
you know, he's an NBA coach. But then again, you know, Juwan Howard for Michigan, Michigan took that approach. He's an NBA guy, but that's worked out pretty good so far for Michigan. So again, they don't have, he doesn't have that experience, but there's been some successful NBA to college coaches. So again, Monty Williams, again, Notre Dame guy too, would be my second coach. So drum roll, my number one choice. I mean, there's not even a question. I, I like Monty Williams. Again, Notre Dame guy, great coach. I like Buzz Williams, but this would be my number one. There's not even a question out there. Former Ohio State men's basketball coach, current Butler coach, Thad Mata. He had the perfect way of assembling teams. He would have both McDonald's All-Americans. He'd have about two to three, maybe some years just one. And then other guys that were just very well experienced players, you know, four, five years, you know, redshirted guys. You know, his second year, you know, Greg Oden, Mike Conley. Um, who's the guy from Dayton? I'm drawing a blank here. But he was another guy who more or less they just were one and done type guys. But then he had Jamar Butler for those Lima Shawnee fans out there. He was a senior. So again, and then as the years went by, you know, he didn't always have the one and done. Sometimes they would last, you know, two years, you know, your JJ Sullingers. But, you know, your B.J. Mullins, your, I think it was Costa Kufis, you know, one and done. He just had that perfect mix of, you know, your just one to two year players and then your four to five year players. And I think you have, well, you do. Name me one team that was just all stud freshmen, McDonald's All-Americans that won an NBA or an NCAA championship. We've had some close, you know, back in the day, the Fab Five, they came close. That Duke team in 2019. But even that Kentucky, the Kentucky team in 2015 didn't win it. That Notre Dame almost beat in the Elite Eight in 2015. Again, you have to have that right balance. Thad Mata did that. I never heard any, you know, kids getting in trouble at Ohio State. You know, he's a high-class individual. He'll get in your face. No nonsense type of guy. And I think Ohio State, even though he, I mean, this guy, I'm looking at his stats now. He's only 55 years old. When Ohio State more or less forced him out in 20, when was that, 2017. Again, I, he kind of lost some control with some of the players. They were out of shape. But again, he was having some major health issues at the time. And I think he just should have taken like a little sabbatical like Coach K did in 95 when Coach K had those back issues. Duke just sucked that year. They didn't make the tournament, had a losing record. You know, they just said, take the rest of the year off. And I think his wife was telling him that too. It was either, she said, it's either me or the basketball team. You take the rest of the year off and then you come back. Had Ohio State did that, let him take a sabbatical, I think he would still be successful at Ohio State. Nothing gets Coach Holtman. But again, I think, you know, Thad Mata should still be the head coach at Ohio State. And again, he took some time off. And last year, he was like a, he was at Indiana. I believe he was like, I don't think it was assistant athletic director, but more or less the, uh, director of basketball operations at IU, which I thought he'd actually become the head coach there. But now he's back at Butler. And I think this is just going to be a bridge job for his next big time head coaching job in the NCAAs. Whether it's Notre Dame, who knows? But the more I think about it, though, if Coach Holtman leaves, and I've always heard rumors he's from Kentucky, if Coach Calipari, Calipari would leave Kentucky, he would go to 
Kentucky. Even though he really hasn't done, he's been successful at OSU, but no deep tournament run. I would think Ohio State would welcome back Coach Mata. I, I mean, I think they'd be stupid. Gene Smith, you'd be stupid not to hire him back. The guy's only 55 years old. Like I said, at that time, he was only like 52 when they let him go. Or no, I'm sorry. He'd only been, he's 55 now. That's pretty much five. He was like 50 then. Yeah, 50 years old. So again, I think he looks a little bit older than he is, but he's still a pretty young guy to be a head coach. But again, he, I mean, just look at this. two Five-time Big Ten regular season champs, four-time Big Ten tournament champs, and then he took Ohio State to the Final Four in 2007, 2012, but pretty much from, let's see, 10, 11, 12, 13. So, yeah, I would say the 2010, 11, 12, 13, Ohio State was either in the Sweet 16, Final Four, or Elite Eight. And then it kind of went down, like Aaron Kraft's senior year, it was 2014, they lost in the first round to Dayton. And then 2015, they went to the – and then, like I said, I think health issues kind of played a part in – kind of losing the team for a little bit. But had they just let him get do a sabbatical? I, again, this is the perfect choice to succeed Mike Bray. Again, he's not too old. He's a great recruiter. He gets that perfect mix of one-and-dones or like two-year players and then your four- to five-year players. And look at his results. I mean, really at Ohio State, except for those later years, 2008, after that 2007 team that lost to Florida in the national title game, they ended up winning the NIT in 2008. They kind of had a because they lost all those players. He he didn't have like the the same type of recruiting class that year. Like he didn't have another Greg Oden coming in, another Mike Conlon, Daquan Cook. That's I think that was the name, Daquan Cook, the name I couldn't remember before from Dayton. He didn't have those type of players, but they won the NIT 2009. I, they lost in the first round of Siena, but then again, 2010, 11. 2011 was a great team that lost to Kentucky in the Sweet 16. That that team, had they not they, – they probably should have won the national title that year, the 2011 team. And then the 2013 team was great too, but then they – I mean, they were only like, I think, a number two seed, but then they lost to that uh, up-and-coming Wichita State team. But again – his record in the regular season, his record in the Big Ten tournament. And again, everything, every place he's gone to, he's a, when he was at Butler the first time from, let's see here, he was at Butler from 90 or 2000 to 2001 NCAA tournament, Xavier 2001 to 2004, and, you know, made the NCAA tournament. Ohio State, he was just awesome at Ohio State. But again, my biggest reason for him would be the combination of the McDonald's All-Americans as well as your four- to five-year, that perfect mix. That's why he's successful year in and year out. He doesn't have to replenish a team every year by losing three to four players to the NBA draft every year. First-year players, that is. So, again, chances, again, great recruiter too. Like I say, he's got the recruiting, the coaching. With the other two candidates that I mentioned before, Monty Williams and Buzz Williams, what they don't have, Thad Mata does, and he has the resume for it. The chance of us getting him, probably 1%, maybe less than 1%, because I'm thinking if he does really well at Butler this year and the next couple, because I think that's only going to be like a one- to two-year job. It's just a bridge job for the next one. 
And like I said, if Chris Holtman leaves, Ohio State would be nuts not to hire him back. So, again, I ran a little bit over than I thought here. But, again, I had to kind of create my case for all three of these candidates here. So, again, the next podcast will be a lot shorter. I, I promise you. And I promise, you know, my boss is here too. They will be a lot shorter. I, I always say I get diarrhea of the mouse sometimes. But these are important facts. So, Again, Rob Fitoff here. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, The link's right there. And again, as always, go Irish.